It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Thank you for joining us on another edition of Rico Bronia. We are four days now into Mets spring training games. So we have gotten to the point of spring training games in which it's, all right, I've seen enough. Can we start the real things? <laughs> That's usually where I'm at in spring training, but it's still sort of exciting. I mean, Saturday, watching multiple Met games, Sunday. It's funny, during the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when you have these afternoon spring training games, especially now uh, being on in the afternoon, it, I find it so difficult to watch. Like back in the day, when I was doing middays, what I would normally do is I'd come home and I'd watch a spring training game. Like, what else am I doing? I was a single dude, uh, all from work at one o'clock in the afternoon, doing afternoon drive where we're not going to sit here breaking down spring training games. I, I don't watch it, but I know what's going on. And then even when I get home, if the game happens to be on TV, it's tough to be motivated to watch when you already know the outcome. So I've really watched a lot of highlights of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I think we'd all agree that the lead story so far of Mets spring training five days in would be the kids, led by Ronnie Mauricio. The performance of Brett Beatty, who's off to a very good start, it's a limited sample size. And I think we all have to keep that in mind. I'm keeping it in mind, but I also acknowledge that three, four days into spring training, that's the headline if you're a Mets fan. The fact that there are two bats in particular Brett Beatty, but more so Ronnie Mauricio, who have kind of burst onto the spring training scene. Beatty is a guy, and we've talked about this, who has an outside shot to make the team. I've laid out why I think it's difficult for him to break through and do it, but he's got a shot. We saw him at the major league level last year. Ronnie Mauricio is a little bit different. Ronnie Mauricio's year at AA last year was very average, you know, and he's still playing shortstop which is another thing to keep in mind. So the Mets obviously never felt he was that close because if they felt he was close to the major league level, we would start to see the position change. And Billy Epler, even a week ago, has hinted at no position change. So for a guy who you would hope is close, is he close position-wise? If he's still playing the position of a guy who's going to be on the team for the next 10 years, probably not. But Ronnie Mauricio goes to winter ball, and I think we all started paying attention to that, that he goes to winter ball, he looks bulked up and different, and he goes out and wins the MVP. Now he walks into spring training, and he's basically picked up where he left off. And I do want to caution this, because I've heard this since I was a kid. The guys who play winter ball are always going to be slightly ahead of everybody else, because there are guys coming to spring training, I don't want to say getting into shape, because I think that's a real 1960s thing. I don't think guys are working off fat from the offseason, but it is guys getting into like baseball every day shape would be the way I would phrase it, seeing live pitching every single day. Ronnie Mauricio just saw live pitching. Ronnie Mauricio was just beating the crap out of live pitching. So I'm not saying that to diminish what he's done, because what he's done has been awesome. He's hitting bombs every single day. And they're not just bombs, they're majestic bombs. And that's cool. And to see that from this young switch hitting, keep that in mind, he's a switch hitter, even though I think all of his home runs have been from the left side. Switch hitting stud. Like, it excites me. It should excite all of us. But I do want to put that warning out there 
that he is ahead of everybody because of what he's done in Winter League. So now it leads to the next question, which is the question Pete Hoffman has had, the question I've had, the question every Met fan is asking. If this continues, can he make this team? Is there something Ronnie Mauricio can do, like hit 650 with 13 home runs over the course of the next month, where Buck Showalter and Billy Epler say, yes, you're on the team? It's very unlikely. But I want to give you a scenario. I want to lay out the role I think I could somehow imagine Ronnie Mauricio creating for himself if he continues to hit the crap out of the baseball. And that would be as a DH. Because I don't know if the Mets are ready necessarily to tell a kid who has never played a minor league game at a position outside of shortstop. He did play eight games at third base in winter ball, but that wasn't the Mets doing it. That was Ronnie Mauricio saying, hey, I'm the winter league MVP. I'm going to go play eight games at third base. He hasn't done it. Now, one interesting thing from the Wednesday game, he pinch hit in the ninth inning. He hit that home run, stayed in the game at second base. Granted, it was only one inning, but he stayed in the game at second base. But even if you start playing him at second base, even if you start playing him at third base, not the outfield, but second base, third base, shortstop, okay, well, what's his role? Like, how does he make the team? So one area you could argue is, does he put Luis Guillerme's job in jeopardy? Now, you may say, what? Why would, why would he put Luis Guillerme's job in jeopardy? Well, part of Luis's value is he's the only guy on this roster that could play shortstop. If Ronnie Mauricio's hitting the ball so well that you want to put him on this team as like a super utility DH guy to get his battling order, he could play shortstop. He could also serve as a backup for Lindor. Personally, I hate this idea. I'm just throwing out the possibilities. I don't take everything I'm saying right now as an endorsement. I'm thinking out loud. We're we're we're, we're brainstorming. Because to you, Pete, how does he make the team? Like if Ronnie Mauricio keeps hitting the crap out of the ball, what role does he have on this team? So it's stupid, but you know we talk about Brett Beatty having an opportunity at third base. I know you said there's only eight games that he's played in the winter winter league, but. Escobar supposedly is going to play left field in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, if that's an opportunity to find a way to get Escobar off of third base and give Mauricio some time there, if they if they can find a way to give him some actual playing time at third base, maybe that's an option. Because the one thing you don't want to do is either you, he has to play. If Mauricio's up, he's got to play. No? Right, right. You know what my problem with that is? And this is such a good problem, so it's a weird thing. Brett Beatty is the third baseman of the future. Are we not like sort of on board with that? He's the top third base prospect in all of baseball. He's also off to a very good start here in spring training. And while he could end up in left field, I acknowledge, or could end up as a DH, certainly. You always have to throw the DH possibility out there. Beatty is more in line to maybe take a third base job if you are going to move Escobar to left field or you're going to trade Eduardo Escobar. So is Ronnie Mauricio's long-term position even third base to begin with? I wonder, and it's not going to happen anytime soon, I would wonder tinkering with Mauricio in the outfield, that that may be his long-term solution. Now, it comes down to where are the Mets better defensively, with Mauricio at third and Beatty in left, or with Beatty at third and Mauricio in left? Now, obviously, we don't know the answer to this because we haven't seen Mauricio play the outfield, 
But for now, I still think of Beatty as the guy who's more in line if someone's going to take a job away from Escobar, that it's Beatty, not Mauricio. Now, he's 6'3". Is that what he is or 6'2"? I can't remember. Is he 6'3", 6'3"? 6'2", 6'3". Let's say 6'2 and a half then for the sake of this. No, in all seriousness, I've seen him listed on baseball reference as 6'3". 6'3", 222. He looks, watching him at the plate, man, he looks almost bigger than 6'3". He feels like Jordan Alvarez at the plate, doesn't he? Well, that's what they said. I saw that comp the other day, and he they said the swing is kind of similar. He dude, he reminds big. me of him. I didn't Hoff, I didn't even see the comp. Like I literally looked at his at bat and said, Jordan yes. Alvarez. I think it's obvious for all of us, right? Yeah, I, it definitely is, which is making me think of like, first of all, I've seen plenty of, of we look at Albert Poole. So I know it's not it's not a similar comp at all, but Poole started his career in the left field that he ended up being a first baseman. Miguel Cabrera played at third base. And then with the first base. So, like, I see Mauricio, again, it's a great idea of him to be a shortstop or whatever it is, wherever he's starting out right now. But that does not mean that is his end of career position. If that makes sense. The, 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 yeah, the bottom line is for Beatty and Mauricio, because even if they don't make the team right out of the gate, and, and it's a, a real long shot. I, I've laid that out on why. Forget about opening day. Well, what about May 5th? You know, what about... June 1st what about whenever these guys are hitting so much at the minor league level you say I got to get them up here like I got to get these guys up here and one of them has to play the outfield I mean you take your pick because the weakness of the Mets depth wise is their outfield depth they don't have a lot of it now I know that over the last few years it seems like there's been a lot of sticking infielders in the outfield whether it's Dominic Smith whether it's even Jeff McNeil, even though Jeff does a solid job of it, there's been a lot of sticking infielders in the outfield, but that's going to have to continue because if Mauricio and Beatty are hitting their way to the major league level, Daniel Vogelback ain't going to the outfield, right? So certainly one of them can DH. DH is always an option if you're hitting, but one of these guys have to play the outfield. Now, as far as Escobar, because you brought it up, Escobar is playing the outfield this week. And Buck Showalter has said, well, he's doing it for Venezuela because Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic is going to play Eduardo Escobar in the outfield. I got to tell you, that drives me nuts. What drives me nuts is Buck Showalter should not be playing anywhere, anybody anywhere for a WBC team. Okay, I I think that's ridiculous, right? Eduardo Escobar can go play left field in Venezuela. That's completely fine. I do not think the Mets should be using their spring training time to help Venezuela get ready for the World Baseball Classic. And that's not anti-Venezuela. I don't think we should be doing it for Team USA either. Buck Showalter should be putting guys in position because he's looking at them for the Mets. Now, if you want to tell me Buck is thinking of Escobar in the outfield as you thought of, Pete, okay, fine. Stick him in the outfield because you're thinking of sticking him in the outfield. Not because they're asking you for a favor. Like, I'm all for the WBC, and I'll watch a little bit of it, even though it doesn't have a pitch clock. But what are we, doing favors for teams now? What the hell is that about? I heard no. that. That pissed me off. That well, But see, to me, it, it's maybe Bucks using it as an opportunity of, like, I may need that. I may need to find a way to put Escobar somewhere That's else. fine, by the way. That's fine. Then say that. I don't want to hear... I'm doing it for Venezuela. What? Come on. 
Yeah, but he doesn't want to play his cards. He doesn't want to play his hand fully either. He doesn't want to get that narrative out there. If you say it's Venezuela as an excuse, if it's a if it's something he's toying around, that's not a question he has to answer just now. I think I've always said this about position changes. This is the time of year to stick guys in positions they're not familiar with. I do I do not understand in the case of Beatty and Mauricio specifically why I wouldn't try them in left field now. It's spring training. It, this is not a regular season game against the Marlins where Mauricio drops a ball in left field and it's the lead story on Tiki and Tierney. Okay, that's that's not the case. This is spring training. He, he can go drop five balls in left field. I, I would like to see the Mets do that. I would like every team to do that. Like this is where you're supposed to kind of play around. So in Mauricio's case, it's great that he's hitting. It's great that he's having a big camp until you start to see him play other positions. It's tough to believe the Mets are going to take him North, but DH is the thing to keep in mind because right now, when you look at the positions that are set on this team, obviously first base, second base, shortstop, to a degree, third base, and Obedi can challenge it. Left field mostly, center field, right field. We know the catching situation. You get the DH, and yeah, Vogelbach hits right-handed pitching. I've always defended him. And we've talked about the issues on, well, who's going to be the right to face lefties? The Darren Ruff question, who's MIA? Vientos has had some good at-bats. Could Ronnie Mauricio push his way into the DH discussion? So the one thing I was trying to find out over the last few days is Mauricio as a righty versus Mauricio as a lefty. Now I can't find his splits from winter ball because that's where he exploded. I looked at his splits from last year at double a I've looked at his splits throughout his career, even read his scouting report, the scouting report on Mauricio is that he actually makes more contact from the left side, but has more power from the right side, which is actually pretty scintillating when you think about the bombs he's been hitting from the left side. And I'm telling you that the scouting report on him is, well, he actually has more power from the right side. Dude, what is it, 450, 413, 413, all three home runs? Like, they've all been over 400 feet. It's been nasty. Bombs. Bombs. No, dude's hitting bombs. So I wonder if DH can be the spot that Mauricio pushes. Because that isn't really set in stone. It just isn't. And Vogelback is so unplayable against left-handed pitching that wouldn't it be cool in this perfect world where Mauricio's bursting onto the scene where you could have a switch hitter as your DH? So you're not thinking platoon immediately when there's a pitching change because that's the spot the Mets are in right now at DH. Whether it's a Vogelbach rough platoon or a Vogelbach vientos platoon, Pete, seventh inning, lefty's on the mound. Vogelbach's coming out of the game. Like, he's not facing a lefty. He is uncompetitive against left-handed pitching. And by the way, vice versa, not that Vientos is uncompetitive or Ruff is uncompetitive, but you're going to use Vogelbach. So I'm thinking about that. Like That's to me, to me. This is just me speaking. I don't know what Billy Epler and Buck Showalter are thinking. I think DH would be the place where we're more Mauricio can push it maybe the most. With that being said, it's still a very much outside shot that despite this early power surge, he's going to make this team. See, the thing about this is that I, I hate that the DH is like a logjam. 
Like we're we're putting it as which bat we we're actually using it like the traditional DH where we don't want someone who actually can play the field. We just want it as a bat. Like we're not. This is not like a rest day. This is not Alonzo's going to get a lot of DH at bats there. It's going to be Vogelback or Ruff or whomever. And the thing is, Mauricio makes a ton of sense, but they're never going to do that. You know that it sucks. They're not going to do it on opening day. Okay, so there's two discussions here. There's what we want to see happen with the initial 26-man roster, and then there's, well, what happens if it's the middle of May? What happens if Daniel Vogelbach is not hitting the cover off the ball? What happens if no one steps up as the right-handed part of the platoon? Like, Ronnie Mauricio and Brett Beatty, even if they don't make the team right out of the gate, they're leaving an impression early on. And if they continue that at AAA and AA, respectively, assuming Mauricio goes to AA, I, I would guess Ronnie would go to AAA because he was at AA last year. If those guys get off to really good starts, they're going to push the issue. So I'm not necessarily talking only about making the team right now. A lot of it is what is their role this year? Because those are two guys on the doorstep. Brett Beatty is obviously on the doorstep. We saw him at the major league level last year. I'm not even discussing Alvarez because it's obvious. Alvarez needs to catch. That's what Billy Epler has told us. That could change, and he could become part of the DH mix. But he's got to catch. He's got to get to their comfort level where they're okay with him catching at the major league level. But Mauricio could push the DH spot because he doesn't have a position right now that's open. Obviously, there could be an injury. Lindor could get hurt. And then we may all be screaming, yeah, we love Guillaume, call up Mauricio, let the guy cook for a month. So I am thinking more in terms of May, June, these guys force the issue. How are they getting at bats? I will say this, Pete, long term, we talk about is Beatty the future third baseman? Who's the future left fielder? The DH spot could just be that area where everybody gets a rest day. Like that, it could very well turn into that kind of spot. I think right now the DH spot is they've got this left-handed hitter who has a position, but his position is that of the Mets' best player in Pete Alonso and Vogelbach, who hits righties well enough to where it's beneficial to have his bat in the lineup. So he's a DH because he ain't playing first base. So I think that's part of why they're in the spot they're in right now at that position. You know, I mean, the one thing is if you can bring find a way to get Mauricio up here, by the way, it would solve a bunch of issues because – it would make sense then not to have, uh, you know, have 13 pitchers, 13 position players. It makes there's more flexibility there because we're always talking about like Guillermo is that defensive replacement, right? Vogelback comes off the bench. And like you said, like if you can have Mauricio as the everyday DH and he can go left or right, it doesn't make a difference. And that, that, that makes it justifiable where you don't need extra batters, extra position players. But the other question, too, is you said, Mauricio, you think he should play AAA, but what if he goes back to AA? Does that mean that we're going to stunt him again? Not stunt the growth, but, like, does that mean he can't automatically make the jump no. to Major League? I hate that, no. that debate, but a lot of people can't stand that. It's got to go to AAA first before it goes there. It shouldn't matter. Because we've seen so many guys go right from double A to the majors. I think Michael Harris did that last year with Atlanta where he went straight from double A to the majors. So it it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But Mauricio has been great. And hopefully he keeps this going. Same thing with Beatty. I, I don't want to ignore the fact that Brett Beatty's also off to a really good start. Because I think he's the guy who coming into spring training we looked at and said, all right, he's got the best chance to make a push to make this roster.